Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this episode, the doc gives an update to his health. We also discuss My Taste People magazine cover, the announcement of the Revolution tour dates, Andy Allo's recent LA performance, and I talk about my recent visit to Paisley Park. And now, Paisley Park is in his heart, Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast, Geriatric Edition. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into what we mean by that. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. It's so good to be back. It's so good to have you guys here with us. Um, thank you guys so again so much for subscribing on iTunes, on Stitcher, telling everyone about us. We appreciate it so much. It's just really, really awesome. On this week's episode of the Dr. Funk Podcast, we're going to be talking about Chris's ultra cool experience at Paisley Park, revolution tour dates galore, especially make sure to get your New York tickets for the BB King show. That's going to be hot. And Chris saw Andy Allo last week and... I cannot wait to delve into this week and have Chris talk a lot. What do you think about that, Chris? <laughs> well, I don't know how the audience is going to feel, but yeah, you're going to get a whole lot of Chris this episode. So Doc's going to be able to take a little break on his voice because I know yeah. you're still not feeling 100%, right? I'm better. The voice is much better than it's been. Um, but <clears throat> health-wise, uh, there's some things going on. And uh, which has also prevented me from being able to record. Chris's battery still, as he says, has a frog in the throat. Um, yeah, and I was, we both got hit again. I, even after we said the last episode that we were both sick, I got more sick and I was out of work all last week. We were both just down for the count. Yeah. Yours may be a little bit worse than mine. I was just sick with the flu. I was sick with a whole bunch of other things. Uh, the flu, heart sick, angry, Tony Romo sad, getting released from the Cowboys. Which still hasn't happened. But <laughs> yeah, it, it it's been a pretty tough past few weeks for me physically and emotionally. When it rains, it pours. Um, just that's part of my life I can't share. But um Chris wants me to share this. I've been kind of going through a little bit of a health issue. Like I told you guys the last time I believe we recorded when I was in Portland and saw like an orchestra do Prince songs. I kind of had a weird scare with my foot. Um, and of course, like I waited a couple days, elevated my foot, stayed off of it. And it still wasn't getting any better. It still was quite sol- swollen. So I called the hospital. I called the doctor. And said, I need to see a doctor or podiatrist about this thing going on with my foot. And they were like, we have an appointment for you in three weeks. And I went, uh, me being a diabetic and this is something serious in my foot, like, I don't think I can wait that long. Then it was two weeks. And I'm like, I don't like it, but I'll take it. And then, um, you know, I'm still doing stuff. I'm still walking around, but I'm trying to stay off my foot as much as possible because, it's pretty freaking swollen. Um, kind of hoping it's the gout or something like that. I get to the podiatrist office and the doctor is telling me that, okay, my right foot is really hot, which is the foot where it's coming from, and my left foot is normal. And she said, she looked at other things, and she said, I have something called charcoal foot. The first thing I'm thinking is, is charcoal no, Charcot, C-H-A-R-C-O-T. I start looking it up while I'm with her in the room. Um, I'm not seeing how serious it is till I later get home. Um, my foot is in a boot now. I can't drive. I have to be off my foot as much as possible for at least three more weeks. Now, this doesn't mean in three weeks that everything's going to be good if I stay off my foot and I keep my blood sugar in control as well which is hard for me because the only way I know how to keep my blood sugar in control is by exercise and eating right, not either or. So it's going to be a new challenge for me. But in three weeks, I'm going for a reevaluation. 
Now, the seriousness of the charcoal foot is that my foot could, um, the bones on there, because I have diabetic nerve damage from diabetic neuropathy, so my foot already can't feel sensations. There's a chance while I'm walking around, the bones of my foot can easily break, or my foot can become deformed. And another thing that could happen if this was not caught early is amputation. Like, this is very serious. Um, with a name like charcoal foot, you know, I'm not really looking at it like that, but I'm just trying to do everything I can to stay off of it, keep my foot elevated. Um, I appreciate um, Melanie for coming over a couple nights after I first was diagnosed and just helping, you know, do laundry and a bunch of other things and got food that Claudine over here. I want a big shout out to Chris James, who's been on the show before, who has brought me lunch twice and brought me the people magazine with my tan, the cover. And we're going to get into that. Um, but you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to stay positive about this going on and that in a few weeks it'll be better. It is looking a little bit better at the toes. The swelling is kind of like in the middle, which is somewhat scary. Um, and that hasn't gone down too much. I'm really hoping to see more of progress next couple of weeks because, you know, after April 3rd, when I go back to the doctor's office is, um, the Paisley park celebration will be happening. And I kind of would like to be a part of that. But if I can't walk, that's a problem. And, um, you know, I have a cane now. It just feels weird. Like when Melanie was around doing doing everything for me, I felt like Daredevil with the cane, but just kind of like watching stuff happen and go on. So just re to reiterate, just going to stay positive about it um, and hope for the best. Stay off of it. I don't want my foot amputated. I don't want the deformation of my foot. I want to get better. I'm going to stay with that mindset of being positive and just doing everything I can. I just, I'm not supposed to have stressful situations. This past two weeks, it has been a lot of stress. Um, but I'm doing the best of my ability not to let those things get to me. I appreciate your guys' concern on social media. Um, about it, but that's what's going on. It is quite serious. Um, I never, I've always had issues and it's always with my right foot because my right foot is the dominant foot over my left. And I have the cane, like I was talking about before. I'm supposed to be getting a walker. I wasn't approved for that little scooter thing, which would kind of help me. I can kind of like put my foot on it and stroll around. Um, but it's just tough. And then people are like, oh, you should be writing the book now. Let me tell you, I'm still working. I just can't do the things I can normally do, but it makes it harder because I have to contact people to do stuff for me. So it's more of a process, but I'm doing my best to get better. Um, I don't like that my insurance didn't cover the scooter. Don't know how much money that is, but it's just frustrating because even the doctor was saying that I need it. And I didn't want to use crutches just because I'm really trying to stay off my foot and having me having less excuses to move around, I felt was better. And the doctor appreciated that I was being truthful with her and all that stuff. All right. So we wasted enough time talking about my illness and Chris being sick. And that's what we meant by the geriatric edition. Um, I'm going to I'm going to get healthy. You guys, I'm being on top of it. My blood sugar has been a lot better. I'm trying to do everything I can. Of course, uh, um, you know, I can't go shopping for myself to get the healthy food and things like that. Um, and it's frustrating, but there's nothing I can do. So let's get into this because I want to get it out of the way to talk about Chris's positive trip to Paisley. Uh, today, uh, Prince was on the cover of People magazine, but... It's actually Maite and Prince on the cover, but it's actually Maite's cover. And I'm just going to read what it says. And this is People Magazine, not the National Enquirer, not us. It says, Prince's ex-wife tells all. 
passion, pills, and the agony of losing their child. Exclusive, ex- exclusive excerpt from my take RC is shocking new memoir. Now you just went, ugh. what makes you say, ugh, Chris, let's delve into that. All right. Um, well, I think as fans, we've always respected Prince's private life and he was very, very guarded when it came to his personal life. We knew about a lot of these things, but it just, it just feels like it's, uh, it shouldn't be in the pages of People magazine. I mean, he even sang about that, you know? And it just, it, it turns my stomach that all of this is going to be out in the world. That's my Man. personal opinion. It's no one else's. That's how I feel. I just don't like the insinuation of pills. Um, because he always said that when he had the overdose in 1996, um, he said it was aspirin and wine. And that's been the story. There's been no proof that otherwise says it was something else. And my take is... I never did an overdose in 1996. Yeah, it was reported. It just... It's been in books. You know, um, it happened in Minneapolis. But it... She... It's brought up, but even she says that that's what he said. It was pills and wine, but now... She may be led to believe that it's something else. There's no proof of that. That's what she's saying now. And, you know, I've said things about stuff. It, this is just kind of hard for me because to see the People magazine, to read stuff from the book, um, you know, this expert and other stuff. It's just really, really hard. And then, like, you know, I talked with someone about it, and they still said, like, it's her story to tell. But sometimes I wish that the purple veil wasn't fully removed on some things. Like, I want to know, like, how tender he was when she was pregnant and other things. I don't want the insinuation of drug use when there is kind of no proof i just i'll have to read the book and judge it but i'm not looking forward to it as much as i was um i'm sorry if that rubs the people that support maite the wrong way and i'm sorry that the people that don't support maite that if i've been rubbing them the wrong way i'm extremely conflicted in this right now. Like as, as the person I talked to said that it's her story to tell. And I said at the same time, I just wish the, the purple veil wasn't exposed so much and to see that headline and him be on the cover of people. Like I'm just, it makes me sad and I've been sad a lot lately. And I really could have used like a, something better than that you know like i guess i'm glad it wasn't another bachelor or bachelorette on the cover of a magazine but you know i don't know and this is like i said this is our new normal there there are so many books out on prince there's continue to be more books um i'm looking forward to the photo book by of uh, Steve Park that's going to be coming out overseas. I'm looking forward to Afshin Shahidi's book coming out because uh, I, lo- I love both Steve and I love Afshin's work. And um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to those things. The tell-all books, not so much. Um, like there's a new book called The Rise of Prince written by Alex Hahn. And I mentioned in it quite a lot. And because of this podcast that myself and Chris do. Um, But he contacted me several times, Alex Hahn, the writer of the book, to do an interview with him or talk with him. And just, just it seemed like there was just too many questions around the last weekend that he was alive and me being at Paisley. And I just wasn't comfortable answering that and he could have been a dick and excluded me from the book but he didn't and he quoted the podcast which we appreciate um 
but I just didn't want to focus on that stuff. I'm just kind of want to focus on other things. And it's really hard. Like we're almost a month away now from the one year anniversary of his passing. And it's starting to finally creep up on me. And these past few weeks and people seeing shows for the last time and the groups that I am, it's, it's starting to really, really hit. And I think I've been putting it off for a long time. That's so much so, like, there's times when I first wake up and I don't believe that he's no longer here. Um, or I'll be listening to a song and I'm like, I can't believe he's not here anymore. Like, it, it's still so fresh. And it's interesting because Patton Oswalt, who's a huge Prince fan, who I saw at several forum shows in 2011 with his fiance or his girlfriend at the time, which ended up being his fiance, then his wife. Interesting enough, Patton Oswalt, his wife died a couple hours after Prince on April 21st, 2016. And what's interesting about this, Chris and everyone, is that he's saying it's actually harder the second year than the first year. Because he said, the first three months, three and a half months of 2016, he had his wife here with him. And this year he hasn't had her here at all. So I think this is what's happening with Prince is we're starting to see these anniversary dates of stuff. Oh it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just a reminder that he's not here. And this year is harder. I think he's 100% right. And 100% accurate that it's, it's tougher now and it's probably not going to get easier. You know, um, we're all, we're all here. We're all in this together. Um, but there's going to be more books to come. There's going to be more other stuff. I'm, I'm upset. I think I'm just trying to get out all the bad news up front. So I can concentrate on the good stuff. There's another article from the tribune yesterday that said the family is still fighting and whatnot, which I'm, I had to like check the date of the article to see if it was new and it was, and then they were talking about lawyer fees for two of the siblings totaling 5.6 million. And I'm like, Oh my God, like Paisley's what? having to pay taxes. The estate's having to pay taxes. And here we are 5.6 million million. And I, I'm just, I'm just stunned because I want the estate to be successful. I want Paisley park to be successful, but if they're still on the same page, this is, it isn't good, but I'm still going to try to fight the good fight and hope everyone gets along. And um, speaking of Paisley Park, we're going to have Chris get into a story now. We're going to talk about the revolution and some shows, and we're talking about Andy Allo as well. But Chris, two weeks ago, even while he was sick, he was feeling a little bit better than had a, you know, uh, a blowback, so to speak. But he was able to go to Paisley Park with some really great company. And um, I would like Chris to elaborate more on that right now for us. <laughs> well, thank you, Doc. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So um, back in September when uh, I went to Minneapolis for the Revolution shows at First Avenue, that was kind of the first time that I was able to get back there. And right. we were able to put up the banner. You remember the Bump Squad banner? We put that up and it was just really cool. Right. And my intention then wasn't to come back until June. Um, I just didn't feel like I needed to do it until then. But as time went on and as, you know, talking to people on the podcast and, you know, all the engineers and stuff, um, I just kind of started feeling like I, I might need to go just to go earlier to just kind of have that sense of closure, something just kind of almost like just sneak away, do it myself and be, you know, and without a bunch of people around, which I was assuming in June, it might be a little bit crazier, kind of like what April's going to be like, do the tour where there's not a ton of people that I know and just kind of, you know, because it's a very personal thing. The one thing about being a Prince fan, we all grew up, I'm sure most of us grew up as Prince fans. You know, we might have heard mm -hmm. him first when we were kids, mm -hmm. you know, little kids. So he really was a part of our, our growing up. So for me especially, I was the only Prince fan I knew until I was in college. So 
as a Prince fan, this was very, very personal. So I wanted to do kind of a personal trip. So it wasn't until I think the holidays um, where I really started to feel that urge to go. And the beginning, it wasn't until January, decided, you know what, let me just check flights and just see what it would be like. So I saw that in March, just kind of picked a random weekend um, and just thought March would be good. Right. And uh, did flights and just kind of, it really came together in one day and just decided to do it. Um, and my girlfriend, Teresa, she was down to go. And um, we asked our other friend, Denise, who was there with us in in uh, September, if uh, she wanted to join us and she was going to bring her husband. So the four of us planned on going and um, we booked it. And it was just kind of a last minute thing, you know, maybe a month and a half. And we did it. Um, and we also included, uh, we had a fifth person that came, uh, Denise's friend, Jessica, who's a huge Prince fan. And what I found out, she actually has listened to every episode of the podcast. So that, yeah, she li- she gets enjoyment listening to us, I guess. Wow, the torture. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so it ended up being five of us. And uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty uneventful getting there, which was nice. It was freezing cold. It was in the 20s, which was uh, a little bit of a different uh, weather pattern than we it was here in L.A. Um, it, it did end up snowing on us the first night, but luckily, by the end of the weekend, it was up in 60 degrees, believe it or not. It was pretty crazy. We saw wow. the full gamut of weather. Um, but the one thing I do want to give a shout out, because we got when we got to Minneapolis and I had a car rented, I, I rented a, an SUV, like the the Econo SUV, thinking we could fit five people in five bags. I couldn't even fit my one suitcase and close the tailgate. And and it, mind you, it's like 20 degrees, and everyone's inside the uh, the terminal still, and I'm out there freezing in my little my LA sweatshirt that doesn't do anything uh, to keep you warm. And I'm walking around outside trying to figure out what I'm going to do. They actually. I don't even know how many upgrades it was for free. They Alamo gave us this Chevy Tahoe that had every bell and whistle, things I've never even heard of. So wow. I just wanted to say thank you because it made our trip very enjoyable. Anyway, awesome. But that was the start off our trip. Um, I'll fast forward. Um, so we did two days of Paisley Park tours. The first day when we got into town, it was Friday the 3rd, we went on the – we bought the Paisley Park After Dark package, which includes a regular tour and then admission to the uh, the Paisley Park After Dark DJ dance party. After that, so and I'm gonna I'm gonna well I guess I more of it will be in the VIP tour that we did the next day, but I do want to give everyone a spoiler alert now because um, I will go into detail about what's on the tour for those people that can't make it and that want to hear about the tour. Um, I want I want to tell them what what you get to see on both the general admission and the uh, the VIP tour right. because there's some real cool things. Okay, so spoiler alert, everybody! If you don't want to hear about it, go ahead and fast forward this uh, a little bit. And um, but here we go. So um, I knew what to expect in the beginning in the atrium, obviously. Um, so I was I was prepared as much as I could be um, to seeing the urn and. Obviously, no matter how much you're prepared, it really was emotional, and it it hit me hard. Um, and as was expected, we knew we were all going to have a tough time. Everyone was in tears, you know. So, um, but it was the way that our tour guide presented it. It was really, really tasteful, and they did a great job uh, respecting it and giving us time um, to do that. So that was really nice. And they have right off the atrium, they have a few rooms dedicated to one is dedicated to their each album uh, each room is dedicated to an album there was i believe controversy uh, they had the um the fender the oh the guitar i don't even know the make but the the one that he used for like controversy and dirty mind days the leopard the honer the honer thank you yep. the mm-hmm. honer guitar that was behind glass which was nice so you couldn't touch it right uh, the next room was the diamonds and pearls room which was mm-hmm. great it had a lot of the the wardrobe that we all know the iconic wardrobe that he wore like on the album covers and in the videos you saw that stuff and then the sign of the times room and that was my personal favorite because that's my personal favorite 
uh, album. Mm-hmm. So that was emotional for me. You know, you see the fuzzy, the fuzzy fur jacket and the the denim jacket that he wore when he played the cross, and he had they had the acoustic guitar from the cross. So it was it was just really cool the way they did it. And they had uh, the movie on a loop on a TV in the room. Awesome. So really cool. Um, the highlight of the entire tour for me, and this is a this is a big this is uh, there's a couple other highlights, but to me something that really attracted me to this his office his office I didn't realize was right off of the the atrium, mm-hmm. but that room. It was really neat because they said that they left it exactly how it was. So they really didn't touch anything. And you don't get a lot of time, obviously. It's a tour, and they don't give you a lot of time to, to look at these rooms. So um, you, it's, a, it's a big office, and they, do, they don't let you walk around the office. It's, it's roped off, but you, do, you can scan the room, and it's a, it's a fairly big office. So you get to see stuff, and I missed – a lot of it I missed – the first time the second tour i took i made sure to go and and spend as much time in the office as possible but i mean you see his sunglasses uh, on the table and his uh you know he's got his briefcase and his rollaway luggage right there and i i kind of took a closer look on his desk he had a spindle of cdrs kind of like you have you know on your desk when you're burning cds you just have a big stack of 50 you know blank cds and you right. have your sharpie next to it the top one actually looked like something you or I would have made. It, ha- it says NPG in handwriting, and it says Hot Summer. Huh. So it, obviously it was a CD of uh, the single Hot Summer probably. Right. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's cool to see those things. Uh, they also had his shoes were on the other side of the office, kind of tucked away, and you saw his his white wedge heel uh, shoes that he was, you know, his comfy shoes that he liked. And there was even an animal carrier, like um, like you would carry a small, either a small dog or a cat. I mean, I'm a cat guy, sorry, but uh, it looked like a cat carrier, and I thought that was really interesting to see a cat carrier in his office. Um, yeah. But it was pretty cool. It was really neat. Just there's so many items in there, pictures of all these kids that I, I know um, from uh, meeting her was uh, Kurt Kurt Johnson's daughter. Uh, there's pictures of the kids there in his office. That was pretty cool. So there's pictures of, you know, obviously band members and friends, children in his office. I thought that was pretty neat. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a ton of stuff, but really cool. I spent a lot of time, as much time as I could in that room. Um, uh-huh. And then we went to, uh, they took us to Studio A. And Studio A is pretty cool. One thing I really enjoyed about the tour is that, there was a lot of things that we came across that were mentioned on the podcast from our guests. And mm. this was one of them. We go into Studio A and they start to talk about, you know, what was recorded there and that, you know, what Prince had done in there. And this was one of the last places he was recording. And um, one of the neat things is they had a, in the back, they had a, uh, a guitar setup, one of Prince's guitars, and they had lyrics on a stand. And it was one of the last things he was writing and doing and I forgot exactly what it was but it was really cool to see it's like wow this was a a work in progress so it was kind of neat to see that Um, and they played a clip they said this was one of the last projects Prince recorded here and it was one of the jazz or the jazz tracks that Adrian Crutchfield talked about on the podcast Mm -hmm. uh, where they jammed and it was pretty cool to see they said oh Adrian Crutchfield was over here and you know, Kirk Gibson was or Kirk Gibson. Wow, there's a Dodger Kirk reference. Kirk Johnson. <laughs> Kirk Johnson for the home run. <laughs> Kirk Johnson was in the corner, uh, uh-huh. you know, in the in the separate room where they had the the isolated the drum kit, and then right. Prince was doing keyboards in the in the sound booth and doing you know in mixing. It's pretty cool with Mono Neon in there with him. So it was right. really cool to get a visual of what we've all heard other people talk about on the podcast. So I really enjoyed that and it was kind of cool. And it was funny. It was hard for me to kind of hold back and say, oh, I know that's from the album black is the new black because I heard it on the Dr. Funk podcast. I did not. I held it back. Teresa kept me in check. She's like, no, don't, don't say anything. Don't, <laughs> um, they take you down the hallways and they, they show you the, you know, the different murals and the awards, right. um, which was great. Um, and then you end up going, I'm sure I'm, I'm not going to hit everything, but, um, 
probably one of the other highlights of the tour for me was uh, going into the soundstage, the big soundstage. And they had um, different stages set up of different tours from different eras. And then there was a loop of about, I'd say, maybe two minutes each, just a, li- a little clip of a song from each tour that was being played on the big on the side of the soundstage. It was huge. Huh. Um, but that was great. That was a highlight. And um, they played uh, the piano, the microphone. They played him doing Free Yourself in that huh. room from the last January 2016. Yeah. And uh, that was... That was another really emotional time. That was, yeah. oof, you know, you're like, wow, this is the space that he did this. And uh, so that was pretty special. Um, and then uh, as you exit out of there, you're nearing the end of the tour. And then they have the, the replica of the fence of all the fan appreciation and the items that were put up in April. And I thought that was the way it flowed. I like the way they did that. It's nice. At the end of the tour, you get to see you know, all the thank yous and everything. Right. And uh, one of the highlights, and I had heard about this, so I was really excited and, and I couldn't wait to see it, uh, was when we were, uh, there was a record that was actually from the uh, San Francisco Purple Funk Group. Uh, when they did their boat party last August that we were at, they, um, they had people sign it and they said they were going to take it to Paisley Park. And lo and behold, that record was up there. And it was just so special to see my name right there on the record and Teresa's too, right by each other inside the walls of Paisley Park. And that was, that, that was really special. It kind of made you feel connected to Paisley. So I really appreciated that. Um, and then they had a, a right behind there, a, opposite of that wall. And this is the entry, what was kind of the lobby of the music club room. And the uh, and the soundstage, the opposite wall is where they have the the Super Bowl performance being looped, and uh, that was pretty cool. And they, they they the guide spoke about it, the different things, so it was pretty neat. And then they uh, we got to see the uh, the music club room, which we all know from the celebration, hanging out for hours and hours in, and uh, they were playing Prince music, pumping it through, and it was really really great. And that was that was it. Um, that's for the Friday tour, and I'll talk about the VIP tour a little bit. But um, so after you get done with the tour, it just kind of filters out into the merchandise tent. And in the merchandise tent, they also had the kitchen uh, where you could order the food. And I'm not a vegetarian, so I wasn't really excited about eating vegetarian food for dinner on a Friday night. But right. they said it was good, <laughs> and uh, so uh, we sampled a lot of it. We were hungry. And uh, we sampled a lot of it. And I'll tell you what, it was really freaking good food. I was shocked. <laughs> okay, maybe I wasn't shocked, but it was good. I mean, these chefs know what they're doing. Um, I sampled pretty much everything on the menu. And uh, I'm, I might be addicted to the oatmeal chocolate chip cookies that they sell. I think I had uh, like six or eight of them over the course of the weekend. So um, that, that'll probably bring me back. To, the, to Paisley Park, just that taste. And the pancakes. I've heard about the pancakes, and I'm not a big pancake fan, but these, hands down, the best pancakes I've ever had. I don't know what they put in them. It was just good, and I ate the heck out of it. Um, Magic. Merchandise t- <laughs> Magic. Let's talk about the merchandise tent. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. So, first of all, they, were, they had a pretty good selection of stuff, and I had purposely not paid attention to what was on sale just because I knew eventually either what I, if it was there, I wouldn't be able to get it or, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to buy anything until I went in person. So I didn't really right. know what they had. Um, I heard about the, the, the $12 ping pong balls and stuff, but, mm. um, but it was nice. We went shopping. We bought a lot of stuff. It was great. Uh, and, Oh, the one thing that we didn't mention, and I'll just kind of loop it in here, is that Paisley Park kind of sprung a, a, a pre-sale, a pre-order for the, the symbol Tamboraca on us, right? It just Ooh. kind of out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Um, so I had already, the week before, pre-ordered my Tamboraca, and they had, they had just got Tamboracas in that day at Paisley Park. So I said, oh, cool. Well, I'll just save some shipping 
cost, and I'll just pick up my Tambaraka here. It was the same price. I think it's uh, it was either eighty or eighty-five dollars, whatever. The same price that the pre-sales for. Right. So, picked it up. You know, Teresa, same thing. She she picked hers up, and uh, we we're like, cool. Yeah, we'll save you know ten, fifteen bucks, whatever the shipping is. So we didn't think anything of it. Right. Come to find out the next day that, and I didn't even realize it, the symbol that is that we bought has the his his name, the symbol that's his name, the new symbol. The right. symbol the on the Tambaraka that was available for pre-order was the old symbol. So it was just like the replica of the Tambaraka that was sold in the 90s. I didn't even think to even I didn't even notice. I honestly didn't even it didn't even dawn on me that there was a difference. Right. And I, I was shocked, but they said, oh, you were one of the lucky. When I went the next day and kind of asked them about, do they have any more Tambaracas? They said, oh, uh, you're pretty lucky. You were here yesterday, huh? Yeah, we just got a little bit of those in and they're gone. She didn't mention, I didn't ask any follow-up if they're going to order more, if those were just a test batch, if they're going to order more, or if they were a mistake or what. All I knew is there was maybe 10 of them by the time we got there Friday afternoon and they were gone by Saturday when we went back. Wow. So, yeah. So it's it's pretty crazy, and it, it's so Prince-like, isn't it? Though it's just right. I don't know if it, I I really don't know the story of it. Hopefully they get them in because it's cool. And yeah, I'm still gonna get my pre-order Tambaraka now because damn it, it's a different symbol. So you got to have both, right? But right. That was that was pretty neat, and it just I kind of chuckled to myself. It's like yeah, this is classic Prince. You know, you advertise one thing and then you slip in something else, and you know, keep keeping the fans on their toes. So that was pretty funny. Right. Now, uh, the dance party was a blast. Uh, DJ Diesel, he played all the songs you would want to dance to. Um, we had so much fun. And the kitchen was open most of the time. I think it closed uh, a little early, but um, that's fine. We were dancing all night. And the dance party went till 11. And we had a blast. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And one of the other special moments we had that for me personally and, well, for Teresa, uh, he played uh, actually because of Denise. He was really cool. He took he took requests from everybody. It was really nice, and he played them. It was really cool. Wow. She wanted us to, um, to be able to dance to one of our favorite songs together, and that was Adore. And so <clears throat> that moment, being able to slow dance together in Paisley Park to Adore, woo, yeah, that, now, was, that was pretty special. So thank you, Denise for doing that for us and now, she knows we've already told her how much that meant now did the dj like you're all dancing you got you got a funky song on then you just slow it down was the dj like time to stop the pace so you can <laughs> suck so you can suck some face <laughs> <laughs> you know he, he did play um he did play do me baby before so maybe he was just kind of warming us up um, but he did mention he's he, before he played a door um, he, I think that was his only slow song he wanted to play all night because he said, okay, this will be this. We got to give you this one before we uh, dance the rest of the night. I think it was like an hour before the end of it. So he was like, okay, let's get the slow song out of the way so that we can. And we did. We rocked out the rest of the night. But yeah, it was kind of nice of him to extend that uh, that lull for just a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So I know that there's going to be stopping the dance parties. Um, I don't know if they're going to be combining the movies and the dance parties on Saturdays. That sounds like it'd be more fun. Um, and you know, if it was a pretty steep price. The one thing I will, the one, the one note I would make that would be great is instead of charging the sixty dollars and kind of forcing everybody to take the tour or include the tour in the price, if they want to keep everything going, I think they need to do something with the pricing and make it a little bit uh, more desirable for the locals. Someone that's going to want to go every Friday night just to dance to Prince music in his house. Right. Um, everybody that went, I'm pretty sure everyone that went to that dance party left with a purple merchandise bag. They bought something. So just just to get bodies in the door, to eat the food, to buy the water, to, to buy the merchandise, that right there is going to mo more than make up for for uh, the low ticket price to get in, right. So that's just my that's that's my one recommendation. Now for um for Saturday, so Saturday we did it a little differently. 
we wanted to do a VIP tour. So we took a VIP tour. And the one thing they don't really tell you on the website um, is that you can actually add on the Paisley Park because there's a lot of diehard fans like us. We want to do the VIP tour and then the Paisley Park After Dark. But they don't sell it that way. They do a general admission tour uh, with the Paisley Park After Dark for $60. Right. Well, what you can do is you can add on a Paisley Park After Dark to any of the tour tickets. So you can just buy the, the your tour. In our case, we bought VIP tickets. And when we got there, we were able to add another – it was charged another $25 – for huh. the um, for the concert that they were doing that night, that's cool. So we did that. Yeah, so it worked out great. So uh, we did that, and um, um, so what was I going to say about that? Okay, so the VIP tour. I'll just touch. You basically do the same tour with a few extra rooms. Uh, those few extra huh. rooms, to me, were worth the extra price. I'll say that right away. The VIP tour is worth it. Um, because there are some special things that you get to see the, the first being right past the office. So after you go see the office, which I didn't even go into the the diamonds and pearls room or the sign of the times room the second time I went straight for the office. Cause I knew, cause it was kind of nice going a second time. That's another thing too. If you're going to be there the weekend, might as well go twice. That way the first time you're so overcome with emotion and just kind of, deer in headlights that you there's so many things that we talked about after the first tour going gosh i wish i would have done this oh and they'll tell you did you see this no i didn't even notice that so the second time i really was able to focus on what i wanted to see and and kind of take in and the office was number one on that list right now after that they take you into a a vip exclusive room and this is um the video editing room and as soon as we went in, I got really excited because I remember, hey, Dave Hampton, the engineer from Paisley Park, who was on our podcast, talked about this room. And he yeah. talked about how he built the the hidden the hidden walls that had all the video equipment and all the speakers behind it um, that you couldn't see. So it was a real incognito room, and it was great. It was so fun because we got to go into that room and it was neat because it was looks just like a normal living room. There was a couch, but then there's in front of the big monitor, in front of the big TV, there's the whole video editing suite, kind of like a computer with the keyboard and stuff. But they had some really uh, – a couple other monitors too. Right. And uh, the funny thing, there was a, um, a bookcase on the right-hand side that I was standing right next to and – it had VHS cassettes on it, one of them being the Graffiti Bridge movie, which I just – I don't know why it kind of struck me as funny just to see in that room that was that was it. That was the one that was there. Um, but uh, hey. there were also some <laughs> – there were some, some <laughs> plain marked – there were some plain marked VHS boxes that had labels on them. And those were really the ones that I was uh, interested in. And the labels were 3121. And I believe it was September 6th, 2006. And there were one, I think it was either two or three of those side by side. Now, I really had to fight the urge to just put that under my shirt. Um, but I, I, I respected Bad. the artist and the place. And I left Bad. it right there. It wasn't behind glass. And I was just like, hmm. So it was really cool to see this. You know, It just really was as it was before, I think. They just kind of left it alone. And there were other un- unmarked VHS cassettes there and some other um, – I remember there was a, a bank of CDs and they were sound effects or uh, stock stock sounds. So it was probably right. just some, uh, some special effect sounds. So right. um, the tour guide, she, she let us – she played a few um, clips in the video editing suite for us. Uh, and they were performances by by Prince, and uh, it was really cool. And there were some performances that we haven't seen. Well, they might have popped up on YouTube, but um, I I was familiar with some of them. But it was really cool. Uh, some stuff from Musicology tour uh, rehearsal, um, and um, oh, what was the other one? Gosh, was, I can't even remember. But it was it was pretty cool, and the sound was great. Obviously, you can imagine just perfect sound and she did note after she goes yeah that wasn't even up halfway so you can imagine when they really want to they can uh they can really crank it up and she mentioned that prince would come in there 
and they would she would he would bring friends in and band members and they would go over they would go over that's where they would go over their performances like game tape and they would break things down like a coach would break down with a team and i know jay you talked about that before uh going and watching a concert that he had just performed that night and watching him uh watch it back so that's pretty cool to to get that visual yeah Mm -hmm. the other the other main highlight of the vip tour and i I think most people this is probably the reason why most people want to go on the vip tour is being able to go into studio b and Studio B is is special to me too because back in the celebration in 2000, they would uh, when the cel- when they had the celebration they did it a little differently. They didn't have tours per se. They just let you <laughs> they just let you roam around the entire place uh, downstairs, and um, they would just put security guards in each of the studios just kind of make sure no knuckleheads get out of line. And I remember sitting in Studio B for at least two hours just sitting there and just just enjoying. So it was cool to be back there. And it was cool to see that. Um, one of the rooms that I thought was kind of cool, they took us through uh, the galaxy room, which is the room that has all the black light and kind of the painted ceiling with all the stars and, and shooting stars and planets. And in the corner of that room, it was kind of really caught me off guard was there was a picture of Andy Allo, just a headshot of her performing. And it just, it was really cool to see that. Um, and just to know that, okay, there's a little bit of her there because, you know, in the last, what, four years, five years or so, she's really been a part of that vibe in that studio. So I thought that was pretty cool to see that. Right. Uh, and in Studio B, there was a couple things that uh, was pretty special. Another highlight of the tour. Um, you had Prince's uh, touring piano um, from, gosh, I don't even remember what tours, but pretty much everything from the uh, you know what he was using on tour the last uh, full tour of you know like the coming to america tour you know when he did the tour nights in LA wait yeah well coming to america is a great comedy featuring Eddie Murphy oh. and Arsenio Hall you mean welcome to it's, america don't yeah, worry okay. when it when it first got announced uh and i put coming to america on my website by accident and Karen was all like Great movie, but we're talking about the tour. So just so you know, it, it happens to the best of us, but I wanted oh to stop God. you. Welcome to America. Welcome to America tour. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And the, and the cloud guitar. The cloud guitar was there. So and you got your picture taken in front of it, which was all fun. That was great. And um, what was also cool is they put the ping pong table up there, and you were able to play ping pong in his studio so jay wasn't against prince but i could finally say i played ping pong on uh, prince's ping pong table and right. in, in studio b so that was kind of fun <laughs> just be glad you didn't play him is all i can say just... oh there was yeah yeah we were everyone that played was horrible nobody was good i mean just the tr- i don't know what was worse the beat down he gave me or the trash talking he did while doing it that's all I'm going to say. Get back, get back to it. I'd, appre- <laughs> I'd appreciate the trash talk. That'd be fun to just to see him tr- talk trash to me. <laughs> I'd love it. Um, <laughs> you, you would think. So, yeah. Yeah. That was so. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, so uh, the one thing. Oh, the one thing I, I wanted to touch on, too, because it was kind of we, we talked about it. I think we talked about it a little while ago is that one of the does passed away. Just the last uh, month or so, maybe a couple months, and uh, and I I wanted to just kind of ask them about that, and they haven't replaced them yet, but there are actually two there are two um, pairs of doves that are up there, Divinity One, Divinity Two, and I forgot the other one, uh, not Eternity, I don't think, maybe, Mag- but there's Mag- there's a Eter- one, yeah, Divinity One, Divinity Two, Majesty, one of them, Majesty, thank you, yes, Majesty One and Majesty Two. And I think it was divinity. One of the divinities had passed. So, but they will be getting another dove. So hopefully by April, they have both pairs, and they won't be lonely. One of them won't be lonely. But that was kind of a neat to see that. Right. Um, we did also. So and so that was the VIP tour, uh, and it was. I really enjoyed it the second time. There were still parts where I got emotional, but uh, it was a lot more fun, and it was. It just. It felt good to be in that space. And to be able to pay my regards, we went down 
uh, we were there a little bit earlier in the day. It was still sun sunny by the time we were done with our VIP tour. So we went to the to what is people are calling the the new graffiti bridge. It's the tunnel that's underneath, um, right by Paisley Park that people have uh, graffitied up and given their respects. Now there's right. nothing really left on the fence. Just to kind of give people an update. Um, they've taken all the any any of the uh, the tributes down off of the fence outside surrounding Paisley Park. The only thing that were was really still standing were the were the locks that people had put. So I guess they didn't really want to go with the bolt cutters and get that uh, that into it. But I know there's at least one friend that asked me, "Hey, did you see that that lock? Is it still up there by the entrance?" Yep, it's still there. So um, it was kind of neat to watch that or let's see that down right. by the down by the um, tunnel though. It was kind of neat. I had one friend. Uh, one of the Bay Area friends, and you know, one of our mutual friends, Barbie. She had put some uh, something up. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure when, but she had done it um, not back in April, but a little bit more recently. And she wanted to know if the picture of her and her son were still up there. And so it was pretty cool that there was just a handful of of things that people put on the fence, way, way, way down by the by the tunnel that are still there. And from what I saw, it was mostly um, some local people, and then some uh, a bunch of them were from the the group from San Francisco. So it was just kind of cool to know that they weren't, you know, being that strict. And it wasn't in the eye line of any anything from uh, the highway. So that's probably why they left it. Right. Um. And then, oh yeah, the second night. Oh, I also wanted to touch on before I get to the movie night. Uh, we also took a little bit of a tour. We went down to First Avenue. It was closed, but around the corner, there's a diner, and actually they sell First Avenue merchandise inside. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. We were we wanted to get some merchandise. Um, so it was kind of nice to be able to go see the star, the gold star, and then actually get some T-shirts. So that was kind of cool. Right. So if, if you go down to First Avenue, even though it's closed, the diner next door is uh, or I think it's called the is it called the depot? I think it's called the depot. It's a little little tiny thing, and they've got merchandise for you. Cool, very cool. Um, we also went to Electric Fetus. Now, back in September, I went to Electric Fetus, and they they had um, you know your basic print stuff, and I thought that was pretty cool. And they also had Susanna Melvoin's um, line of the starfish and coffee and maple syrup and jam stuff, and um, she had the T-shirts and the in the mugs and stuff, so those were still there. Right. But what was pretty cool, and I ac- I accidentally ran into it. They basically ha- they have a corner of of merchandise now, and this was really neat because I wasn't expecting it. But there was um there was some books and there was some magnets and some iron-on patches that were all prints related. That was really cool. They had uh, copies of the Rolling Stone cover. The musicology cover that you, I think you just recently got that uh, locally here, Jay, but um, that they were there for sale. And then also, which I really, really enjoyed, was they have a jigsaw puzzle from an uh, of a it's a it's a painting of Paisley Park, an artistic painting um, by a local artist. And I know a, po- a portion of that is uh, is going to charity of all the artwork and the and the merchandise. And I love that picture so much. I bought the puzzle, and we all—me and my daughters—I have two daughters, and we all worked on that, and we got that together. And it's already framed and hung up in my living room. So that was really cool. Right. So there's a lot of merchandise at Electric Fetus, and I was talking to um, one of the guys there, and they are so ecstatic, and and they feel honored that Prince fans have kind of made Electric Fetus Record Store one of the main stops when they come into town. It's like everyone goes to First Avenue, they go to Electric Fetus, they go to Paisley Park. So that's pretty cool. They feel right. they are really honored. So they are definitely um, respecting him. And there was a lot of really cool stuff. They have a lot of vinyl. Um, I got a really cool slip cover for my turntable. Um, a lot of neat stuff. I did buy uh, a copy of Eda Nelson, Eda Nielsen's CD since I did not get a chance to get it when she was here in town when we saw her. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I finally got it. I had to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I got it. Right. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that. That Electric Fetus, they're they're gonna keep they're keeping that place stocked. So definitely make sure you go check that out. Now, the last thing we did on our uh, our trek out to Minneapolis, we were able to go back to 
to Paisley Park again because the Paisley Park After Dark on Saturday was doing a movie. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I was hoping that it was going to be Love Sexy L.A. 1988. Oh, well. Yeah. I didn't win the lottery, but that's okay. Right. We got to see Welcome to America <laughs> in <laughs> South Carolina. And, okay, I saw that tour 11 times here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know it changes and it's different. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. First of all, um, we started out in the in the music club room, just like we did the dance party. And I thought, perfect. They've got a projection. They have they have the uh, the visuals up there on that on the side of the wall. We're going to all sit here. It'll be great. And um, there's a fairly large amount of people, a couple hundred people. And there was it was standing room only. And so luckily I was able to get a table. We got there early enough that we had a table. And um, so we were just waiting for everything to start. And next thing you know, the si- the big, huge side doors to the soundstage open up. And oh my gosh, guess what? We're not going to see it in the music club room. We're going to see it in the soundstage. So right. we all, yeah, we all go over there and they've got folding chairs lined up just like you'd be in a movie theater at a concert, lined up in the middle of the soundstage. And I ran for the back because, well, Prince isn't there. It's not a Prince concert. And we all wanted to dance. So we knew we needed to be in the back so we could have some room. And that's exactly what we did. So um, we danced the whole time. I I sat down a couple times, but for the most part, I was up there dancing the whole time. But man, seeing that tour so many times, this show was so different. And it was just just awesome. Oh, I I don't want to get into it track by track, but... It was just really special. There was a lot of really cool moments. Purple Rain was really hard for everybody. You know, there were a lot of tears, but um, we danced our butts off. And he was in such a great mood. It was neat. It was neat to see him the way that you want to remember him. And that's on stage, kicking ass, doing what he loves to do. And so that that was that was a perfect ending to our weekend. And I'm I'm so thankful to everyone at Paisley Park. Uh, I thought that they did a great job. The tour guides were great. They were knowledgeable. Um, they were interactive. They asked us some questions. They asked us trivia questions. It was great. So um, I know everyone that's going in April, it's going to be crazy, but um, you're going to love it. And, and make right. sure you take the time and, right. uh, and have fun. Go, go see all the spots, you know, and uh, definitely buy the merchandise. Enjoy. And I just saw that they just released a bunch of celebration merchandise online that's only going to be available for pickup. Yeah. So, you're yeah. There's going to be a lot of great stuff to get there. Now, the Welcome to America footage that was pro shot stuff, right? Yeah, it was absolutely pro shot. I mean, it was it sounded great, man. Multi angles. You've been in soundstage. It's mm. it was loud. It was clear, and it sounded perfect. It was nice. Yeah. So you got the pro shot, multi-camera angles, and you got to see it in Paisley. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I thank you so much for sharing it. You're welcome. uh, I hope my foot should be healed by then. I should be there in some capacity. Going to stay positive, positively funky about all that. Um, But speaking of tour tours and tour dates the revolution have announced a slew of tour dates including a show here in la at the will turn one show the bay area is getting two because that's just how the bay area rolls um but we'll see if an la show gets here house of blues san diego getting taken care of um they have they have a little bit of open room for more dates is all i'm gonna say but we'll see how that goes but um they're hitting more more dates in the U.S. We'll see what else gets added and how they go about it further. But it's kind of cool to see all of this happening now. Um, it's going to be different than what you saw in September, though, Chris, since there's going to be no Andre Simone, and there's right. going to they're going to alternate on who sings what songs. So. Could really? be Wen- Wendy for a couple. Could be Brown Mark for a couple. It's going to be an interesting thing, so to speak. And we'll see about that. 
you know, as the dates happen, the revolution is supposed to be is slated to perform at the celebration to kick stuff off in April at Paisley. So we'll see how that goes. Now, what's interesting is, is there are so many other things happening around the celebration now. Three shows with Jesse Johnson at Bunkers. I believe yes. Eric, Le- Eric Leeds and Paul Peterson are doing something at Dakota. And then Andy, she's going to be opening act for someone who's already slated to to play there April 22nd. I don't know how Andy's going to feel all about that stuff. Um, but you just saw Andy Allo recently at the Hotel Cafe last week, right? How was yeah, that? Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was a fun time. It was kind of fun for us to be able to kind of send her off before she goes on tour because she's going to be going on tour very shortly and it's, she's going to be gone for a long time. But, um, yeah, she did a great job. She's always good. Man, I love watching her perform. But this was kind of fun because she, uh, one of the things that was really neat, I don't know if, if you guys follow her on Facebook, but every Monday she has Music Monday where she'll perform a couple songs every Monday uh, live. And, um, and um, yeah, it's like 15 minutes long, but it's great. It's just fun. I always try to catch it. Even at work, I'll just put it on just so I can listen to it. It's kind of nice and usually relaxing. Um, we got a little special treat last uh, – the, the night before, the day before she performed, so this would have been a Wednesday, I guess, last Wednesday. Um, she did just an impromptu uh, live music um, feed where she, she had just written a song. And she just wanted to try it out on us. <laughs> this is so wow. cool. This is so neat to see an artist be that open and that vulnerable in front of an audience. It was so neat. She said, yeah, I was just writing this song today. And I finished it. And I just wanted to try it out on you. And so, and I, I believe if you go on Facebook, you could still see that video. I, d- I don't think it's taken down. I think it stays up for a while. But um, she sang. She played this song called "Hey LA," and it was really neat because she she didn't even have it completed. Really, um, she sang it twice because she said she sang one of the lines wrong because it was an old lyric that she changed, but she forgot about it and sang the old lyric again. So she wanted to do it a second time just to just to just feel it out and, and play it right, which I thought was really cool. And so she did, and uh, she said that she she'd keep working on it. But um, she wanted to play it uh, at the performance that she had in L.A. the following night. And um, the cool thing is after she played it twice, she really went into detail about how she writes the songs and how she wrote this song, actually, specifically. And I just thought it was so cool. I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a poet. Jay, I know you write songs. So I think it'd be really cool to see how her creative mind works. Because she was just saying, yeah, I just had this. First, it was she had this chord, and she was just playing around with it. And then she came up with a certain part, and she built around it. And then she's like, well, I just started humming. And then she started, you know, it was just crazy. You guys have to go onto Facebook and check it out. Fast forward to the next night, and she said she was going to play it. Well, she ended up playing it. And it was just really neat. She had added a bridge, like she said she was gonna add a bridge the day before, and it's just a beautiful song. And she said that that's um, gonna be coming up in a future release, probably not soon, but it'll be it'll be coming out in the next release she, that she has. Oh, and that's what she um, she also mentioned. She's got a new EP coming out the end of March, and it's called One Step Closer. And she actually played one of the tracks, the the title track off of that album, which was great. And um, I love that song. I She played it. She's played it a couple times, Jay. You you heard it when we were uh, the last time we were there. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it was nice. And then she also did say that she's going to have a full album probably around the end of the year, you know, like 10, 12 tracks. So she's working on that as well. In the middle of starting to do all of this, uh, all of this, um, uh, Pitch Perfect 3 recording that she's doing, the, the filming. Oh, and there's one other thing about Andy that I can't believe. She just mentioned this yesterday or two days ago on her latest um, Monday Music. She said after after this tour, or actually, was it after the tour or after filming? After she's done filming, she's going to shave her head. She's cutting it all off. Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah, wow. after 
after filming, she's going to shave her head. It's going to be a little bit, just going to be shaved, like Shelby J, but just short. Right. So she said she'll let her go after that, but I guess she just won't. And that's the time. Man, she went from the Now she's going to just start over. But hey, her. Unfortunately, you're getting a little garbled towards the end. But yeah, I think we're all in shock over Andy shaving her head when she had that fro for so long. And even with it being what it is now, so that's quite a change. Let's see if she sticks to it. She didn't say it was for a role or anything, did she? No. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Just just like how everything is going to play out. I'm looking forward to the celebration at Paisley Park. There's going to be announcements made of the panelists and who's going to be a part of it. I really like the names I'm hearing. If you guys don't have tickets for the general mission uh, track that is still available, I would jump on it. Um, but there'll be more announcements. There'll be more stuff going on. Uh, I probably won't be as detailed to Chris as Chris was about the tour from there because there'll be a lot of other things to report on. So we don't need to revisit it. You just should go to this podcast and listen to this one unless there's some extra features that they're adding on because Chris's review was quite in-depth and it's very much appreciated. And, um, man, you know, I feel I always feel like we're forgetting something and it's just nuts. But we're going to be having a, a few podcasts coming up. We have to play catch up for a couple of weeks that we missed. But um, we want to thank you for sticking by us. You know, if you guys want to send me stuff to keep, keep me entertained, because I literally have to be off my bed, off my feet for three weeks. I'm mostly in bed, kind of going a little bit nuts because I like being active. I keep me entertained. You know, I've been reading books and whatnot. I can't write any books because there's just too much going on and I need to have my thoughts be there. But, um, you know, I thank you guys for supporting us. And for worrying about us, wondering how we were, and wanting us to get better before recording another show, um, it means the world to us. We really appreciate it. I know Chris feels exactly the same way. Yep. You know. So, thank you guys again. Next podcast, we'll most likely have a guest on. We'll check it from there, and I'm going to leave it at that. Much love, y'all. Keep it funky. Always. Always.